Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Thessalonians chapter 4, we will begin reading in verse 9 in just a few moments. Our text will be 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12. And this is a very special message this morning. Because it's from the Word of God. I guess any message is a special message if it comes from the Word of God. But boy, this really speaks to my heart. And I hope it will speak to your heart. I want to encourage you this morning to listen to the message and receive the Word from the Word of God. And I believe there are some special benefits from just receiving this word that I'll be sharing with you today. For one thing, if you will receive the word of God that I'll be sharing with you today, your home life will be sweeter. Your family will grow closer. Uh, Your relationships will be stronger. Now, these are some big claims, but I think you'll agree with me by the time we end. Your future will be brighter. Your circle of friends will grow larger. This church will become a stronger and more powerful church. There will be an increase of joy and happiness in your life if you'll listen to this message. If you'll really listen to this message, there's a good chance you'll get a promotion in the workplace. And you... (laughs) Amen. If you'll listen to this truth, I've been meditating on this all week. If you'll listen to this truth, it will radically change your life and it will deliver you from many, many heartaches that the enemy would try to inflict upon you. The title of the message this morning is the message. Here it is. Be quiet. (laughs) Two little words, but boy, how profound. Be quiet. Now, before I read the text, I want to share with you a couple of quotes that I found that I really like. Here's the first one. If you're really, really quiet, you can hear yourself doing the world a favor. (laughs) That's good, isn't it? But not as good as this one. If you ran like your mouth, you'd be in good shape. This one is not funny, but it is powerful. Sometimes my greatest accomplishment is just keeping my mouth... Say it with me. Yeah, sometimes that's our greatest accomplishment. Now, 
Before I begin, I, I just want to tell you that there are times, because I'm going to talk to you about being quiet today, but there are times we should be loud. There's a time and a place to be loud. And just in case you haven't noticed, sometimes in this church we get loud. And i got to tell you, it's a beautiful thing. And I love it. And there's sometimes we should shout unto the Lord. The Bible talks about shouting unto the Lord. I love being in a church where people shout from time to time. It's, it's exciting. And, and, and according to the Bible, there are obviously times when we should lift our voices in high praise and worship to the Lord. We should clap our hands unto the Lord. And we should celebrate our faith with great emotions. And we know according to many scriptures in the Bible that there are times when we cannot be quiet. We cannot be silent. In fact, we have to speak up. The Bible says in one passage, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There are times when you and I have to say so. Another passage of scripture says, be ready to give an answer to every person who asks you of the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear. We should be ready to stand up and to share our faith and to share with the world what God has done in our lives. But that does not change the fact that the Bible teaches us to be quiet. The Bible teaches us that many times we should be silent. That our lives should be characterized by quietness. A gentle, strong, confident quietness. Now every now and then I hear some spiritual leader, and I'm not throwing off on them because I'm sure I've done this in the past, but I get the feeling they're trying to get up a movement. They're trying to work everybody up to do something. Let's start a movement. Let's take the world by storm. Let's get out there and march in the streets. Let's boycott the businesses that are run by sinners. Let's picket the abortion clinics. If that doesn't work, let's bomb the abortion clinics. And let's get out there and confront the people who don't feel like we feel or think like we think. There's only one problem with that, friends. The Bible teaches just the opposite. The Bible teaches the very opposite of all of that. Now what we'll do is we'll start with our text, and then I will overwhelm you with Scripture on the subject of be quiet. Alright, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we'll begin in verse 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. You didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? <laughs> mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. 
There's nothing complicated about the passage of Scripture that I've just read to you. It's very simple. Five things that we're to love one another and we're to keep growing in that love and abounding in that love. That we are to aspire. It means we're to work at it. It's to be our ambition, our desire to live quiet lives. That we are to mind our own business. That we're to work hard with our own hands. And that we are to walk properly toward those who are on the outside. Now friends, the bottom line for us, if we take all these truths, just lift them right out of God's Word and put them here at River of Life, this is what it looks like. A church that's filled with people who love each other and are abounding in that love and growing more and more in that love. That would be the first thing. The, The second thing is, is that it is a church full of people who are aspiring to live quiet lives. Just live quiet lives. We're a group of people who are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ and we've learned to mind our own business. If it's not your business, leave it alone. To mind your own business. And, and, and then to, to work hard with your own hands and provide your own living and to have a good work ethic out there in the world and to live such beautiful lives that the world will see us and they'll want to know what it is about us. They'll want to follow us. They'll, they'll want to know what's going on in our lives. Friends, I really believe these five things, they seem maybe trivial, but we'll usher in revival if we do them. Let me, let me share some Scripture. It's not an isolated place in the Bible. 2 Thessalonians 3.11 and 12 says, For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. You see, it's all through the Bible. Back in Exodus 14, 14, I love this. Moses said to the people, the Lord will fight for you today and you have only to be silent. Sometimes I think as long as we're chattering, God will just stay on the sidelines. But if we'll be silent, if we'll come behold the works of the Lord, see what desolation He can do. Friends, God will take care of your enemies. The Bible says in one place, God can make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Sometimes we just need to be silent. Here's another one. Lamentation 3.26 It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's hard to wait, isn't it? Patience is a virtue and most of us don't have that virtue to the degree the Bible wants us to have it. But we are to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Here's one of my favorite scriptures. Isaiah 30, 15. It says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were not willing. You see, God wants us to be willing to return to Him with all of our hearts, to make Him the Lord of our lives, 
and to learn how to rest in Him and to learn how to be quiet and to trust Him. I'm telling you, friends, there is something about quiet faith that pleases the Lord our God. There is something about quiet faith that brings in the salvation of our God into our lives, our families, and our church. Over and over and over in the Bible, we are taught, we are told to remain silent and just be quiet. Remain silent and be quiet. Proverbs eleven twelve says, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding, say it with me, remains silent. A man of understanding remains silent? Yes, that's what the Bible teaches. A man of understanding will more times than not just keep silent. Will just hold his peace. Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Psalm 4.4 says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your beds, and be silent. My dad actually taught me this one. I didn't know it was in the Bible until years later. My dad used to say, Before you do something, won't you sleep on it? That's what this passage is saying. Ponder it on your own bed and be silent and wait. Don't be so quick to do something. Friends, if you're getting angry every day about something, it means that you're not living for the Lord, you're living for you, and when things don't go your way, you get upset about it. And that shouldn't be the case. You see... We need to avoid the anger. And we need to watch our tongues. Watch what we say. Watch what we do. Women of God, I have a scripture for you. It's 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. This is good. Don't, don't get scared. I thought I heard a, a collective moan when I said that. This is what it says. It says, uh, Do not let your adorning be external the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry and the clothing you wear. I have to stop right here and tell you a story that happened years ago. A man came into my office. He said, Pastor, he said, I need your help. My wife is sinning. I said, what in the world is she doing? He said, well, he said, uh, you know that passage of Scripture talks about braiding the hair and wearing jewelry? She's doing both. And I can't, I, I've read it to her, and I've read it to her, and she just can't get it. And Pastor, I've come to you to get some help from you. So help me. I got my Bible out, and I said, okay. I said, next Sunday, when you and your wife get up and go to church, it's time for you to be the man of your house. I said, it's time for you to put your foot down, and it's time for you to tell her this is the way it's going to be, and this is what you're going to do. The first thing I want you to tell her to do is you cannot braid your hair. Second thing you cannot do is you cannot wear jewelry. And the third thing you cannot do is you cannot wear clothes. I want you to go to church naked. (laughs) He kicked back in the chair. He said, Pastor Jones, no, you know that can't be right. I said, you're absolutely right. It's not right. The Bible says her adorning is not to be the braiding of hair or the putting on of gold jewelry. There's nothing wrong with fixing your hair. Please do. 
There's nothing wrong with wearing jewelry. I think you can get too gaudy with it, but that's just my opinion. But there's nothing wrong with wearing gold jewelry. And there's certainly nothing wrong with wearing clothing. Yeah, in fact, in fact, we probably need to set up camp here and talk about that for a while. A little more would be better. Look at verse 4. But let your adorning, your beauty, be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. <clears throat> Ladies, God wants you to be beautiful. And I'm just telling you, I don't care if this sounds old-fashioned and outdated. God wants you to be beautiful on the outside. God wants you to be beautiful on the inside. God wants you to have the beauty of a quiet and gentle spirit. I say this from the bottom of my heart. It's my opinion. If you disagree with me, that's all right. We won't argue. But in my opinion, the only thing worse than a loud, obnoxious man is a loud and obnoxious woman. <laughs> Dr. R.G. Lee once said, when a woman is good, she's better than a man. When she's bad, she's worse than a man. <laughs> I tend to agree with that. Did you know that the Bible teaches us to pray for the privilege to be quiet? Pray for the privilege to be quiet. 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. This is what you're praying for. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Why should we pray this way? This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, friends, one of the reasons that God wants us to live quiet, godly, dignified lives is because He wants a lost world to see us and that we will lead them by our actions and our lives, right into the presence of a God who wants to save them, love them, and change them. See, that's one of the reasons. And I can tell you, friends, loud, boisterous, obnoxious, demanding Christians don't draw people to the faith. They drive people away from the faith. On one occasion when Gandhi was the spiritual leader in India, he was asked by some missionaries, what is the greatest hindrance to Christianity in India? He simply said, Christians. Christians. Isn't that sad? Do you know I honestly believe one of the greatest hindrances to Christianity in America today is Christians. If we would learn to love each other like His Word teaches us to love each other, if we'd learn to live quiet, dignified lives, if we would learn to mind our own business, work hard with our own hands, walk properly toward those who are on the outside, I want to tell you, I don't believe we could build buildings fast enough to hold them. Because they would see something in us that they don't have. 
You might want to write this one down or put it in the margin or write it down on something. This is such a great verse. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God in your midst, the Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I love that. That's just, that's, I don't know any other word. That's just so tender. You get the idea of a, a father or a mother having a child that's restless and whining and crying and reaching down and picking that child up and quieting that child with their love and maybe even humming or singing over that child. You see, that's what, that's what God wants to do for us. The love of God will cause you to stop fussing and whining and crying about everything. I, I want you to know that if you're fussing and crying and whining about everything, you're probably not in His lap. Be quiet. There's a time to be quiet. Think about how many arguments you would have avoided in the past had you just kept quiet. You think you could have avoided some needless arguments had you just kept quiet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me share something with you. That big fuss, that big argument that the enemy has already scheduled for your household this afternoon or tomorrow or the next day, that big fight that the enemy is already planning for will never happen if you'll listen to this message and apply it and just be quiet. Be quiet. Have you ever tried to fight with somebody who just wouldn't fight back? <laughs> By the way, it's a pretty good strategy. That kind of makes them mad. If you won't fire back, I'm just saying, what about... Let me tell you, friends, we need to learn this. The church needs to learn this today. There are people all over America, and I'm talking about Christians now, all over America who have ruined their lives because they could not be quiet. They just could not stop talking. And they ruined their lives. I'd like a show of hands if you've ever heard this expression before. Loose lips sink ships. Hold your hand up. Yeah. The phrase was created by the War Advertising Council and used on posters by the United States Office of War Information during World War II all over America. It, the poster, there was a poster up and many of them everywhere, and this is the most famous poster of all. This loose lips may sink ships. And, and really, I mean, it was all over the nation. The meaning was beware of unguarded talk. The enemy might be listening. You may say something that might put an American soldier at risk. The saying was used to advise servicemen and other citizens to avoid careless talk concerning secure information that might be of use to the enemy. By the way, the British had an equivalent. Theirs was careless talk cost lives. Well, friends, I want to tell you, loose lips do sink ships. 
And careless talk does cost lives. Loose lips sink families. Loose lips cause divorce. Loose lips destroy children. Loose lips sabotage careers. Loose lips kill dreams. Loose lips destroy testimonies. Loose lips cause churches to divide. Loose lips cause uh, uh, churches to never really come together in unity. Loose lips play right into the hands of the enemy. And listen to this one. Loose lips cause lost people to die and go to hell because Christians are so immature that they cannot just hush and stop talking when they should. I've had this in my notes for years. It's worth reading again. I've read it before. I am more deadly than the screaming shell from the howitzer. I win without killing. I tear down homes, break hearts, and wreck lives. I travel on the wings of the wind. No innocence is strong enough to intimidate me. No purity pure enough to daunt me. I have no regard for truth, no respect for justice, no mercy for the defenseless. My victims are as numerous as the sands of the sea and often as innocent. I never forget and seldom forgive. My name is Gossip. You see, friends, gossip destroys lies. Uh, Let me tell you something that we should be doing as Christians. We should be quiet. We should be silent. Not gossiping. I heard somebody say, if you haven't taken it to the Lord in prayer on your knees and poured your heart out to God about it, you have no business talking to somebody else about it. This is a good time for everybody to say, oh me. We've all done it, haven't we? We're all guilty, but we need the Word of God to teach us to live quiet lives. Now, I kind of anticipate feedback from the congregation when I preach a message. The question is this, Pastor, if something is obviously wrong, if I'm in a conversation or I'm in a situation and something is obviously wrong, shouldn't I say something? Yes, sometimes. If the Holy Spirit leads. But most of the time, no. Most of the time, you shouldn't say anything. Even when something is wrong in your presence. I I hate to tell you this, pop your bubble, but God has not called you to be the spiritual police running around correcting everybody that violates something. That's not your job. Proverbs 19.11 says... The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. His glory is to overlook a transgression. Did you know that when you see somebody else doing something wrong, a weakness, a transgression, a fault, it is a glorious thing for you to overlook that? That brings glory into your life. In fact, it is glorious. It is God-like. It's something that God wants us 
to do. Now friends, I don't need to say this, but I will. For our guests today, those of you who have sat under my preaching for a long time, you know how I feel. But friends, I'm not talking about compromising with moral truth according to the Word of God, not one iota. I'm not talking about embracing things that the Bible condemns. But what I am talking about is you and me being quiet and letting God be God and letting Him be the judge and letting Him take care of matters and understand that God does not need our help to solve things. And most of the time we make things worse. Now again, if the Holy Spirit really speaks to you and says do something or say something, then you obey. But most of the time we should just be silent. We should be quiet. The kingdom of God sometimes is just better off if we just stop talking. Be quiet. Just keep loving people in spite of their faults and their transgressions. Uh, This is a passage of Scripture that I use sometimes in wedding ceremonies. But it is appropriate for this message. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-5 says, Love is very patient and kind, never jealous or envious, never boastful or proud, never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable or touchy. It does not hold grudges and will hardly even notice, finish it with me, when others do wrong. It will, let me tell you, the enemy wants to destroy your home by getting you to pick everybody to death in your house. To criticize everything. He wants to destroy churches. The fact is, we should have so much of the love of God in us that we hardly even notice when others do wrong. If we really love them, that's what will happen. Now what I want to do in these next few moments is I just want to kind of bombard you with Scripture. All right? I want to drive this home. This may be, I, I, I was thinking about it, this may be the most silent congregation that's ever left the church building today. It'll be hard to get a conversation going on the, on the way home. But anyway, I want to just bombard you with Scripture. And because they were in my notes this way, these will be all King James Version. Um, but just listen up. Proverbs 10, 19, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. It takes wisdom to be quiet when everybody else is talking. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight: Even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. If you want people to think you're smarter than you are, just stop talking. It will help. James 1, 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Not quick to speak, but slow to speak. Proverbs 29, 20, Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There's more hope of a fool than of him. There's more hope for a fool than a man who just will not hush. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Stop talking so much, and most of your troubles will begin to vanish. Psalm 141.3 says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. You see, when we begin to understand this, we'll start praying prayers like this. Oh God, help me to keep my mouth closed. Ecclesiastes 9.17 
The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. See, if you want the world to hear you, stop talking so much. It's kind of paradoxical, isn't it? But if you really want the world to hear you and hear your heart, stop talking so much. I actually um, uh, had a man tell me this. I probably shouldn't share this with you, but I, a man owed me some money. Um, and uh, so I, I called his uh, wife and she said, uh, well, I'll tell him and he'll get the money up for you. So I went to his house. This has been many years ago. And when I saw him, I said, uh, do you have the money? And he said, uh, no. He said, he said I, don't, I don't have it. And I said, well, did your wife talk to you? He said, yes. Sir, this is what he said. I thought it was the ugliest thing I'd ever heard anybody say. He said, yes, she talked to me, but she talks so much, I don't listen to anything she says. Now, now that's an insult, isn't it? But I'm going to tell you, if you're always chattering, the more you talk, the less people listen. Amen? People just don't listen. I can tell you, you've had enough of this sermon already. <laughs> Where were we? Matthew twelve thirty six. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. This is enough to make you want to hush, isn't it? Proverbs 13, 3, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. If you want to mess your life up, just keep talking. James 3, 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquities. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Friends, if you want to get the hell out of your house, now I'm not talking about you getting out. If you want to get the hell out of your house, there's just no way to say that and make it sound right, is there? If you want to get the hell out of your house, you may want to start by controlling the tongue because it's set on fire from hell and your words will drag it right into the heart of your home. Unless you learn to grow up mature as a Christian and understand God's Word. Ecclesiastes 5, 7, For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also divers vanities, but fear thou God. The word vanity means empty, meaningless, nothingness. The more you talk, the more it's just nothing. Proverbs fourteen twenty three: In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. That's an old word for poverty. A lot of talk just generates poverty. I heard, I've heard it said... When it's all said and done, there's a lot more said than done. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Proverbs 30.32 says, If thou hast done foolishly... Boy, this is a good one right here. If thou hast done foolishly... If I were to ask for a show of hands, how many of you ever done something that was foolish? I think every hand in the house would go up. If thou hast done foolishly and lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil... Lay thine hand upon thy mouth. You see, 
The first thing you should do when you realize you've made a mistake, when you've done something foolishly, is stop talking because it's just going to make matters worse. Put your hand over your mouth. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You can have life or death. The tongue will determine. Proverbs 17.27 says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. The more you know, the more you watch your words. 2 Timothy 2.16 says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Keep talking and things will get worse. And here's one for our day. You may have never really noticed this one. Amos 5.13 Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. The prudent will keep silent because it is an evil time. You see, friends, the more wicked and the more evil things are around us, the more we should keep silent until we are sure the Holy Spirit wants us to speak up. And then we speak up. I'm just asking you this morning, how many times and how many ways does the Bible have to tell us to be quiet? before we understand that this is a major theme in Scripture and it is a major issue in our lives as Christians. Now friends, when we come into this dome, when we come into the arena of the fellowship of the redeemed, when we come into this house and we're surrounded by people who love Jesus, we can loosen up a little bit. We can speak freely. We can get loud. We can make some noise. We can celebrate our faith. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we want to do that more and more as the days go by. But listen to me, friends. According to the Word of God, when you and I go out there in the world, our lives should be characterized by quietness, by love, by faithfulness, by forgiveness, by hard work, by integrity, dignity, and beauty. God's pretty specific in His Word about how He wants us to behave before a lost and dying world. I guess the invitation is this. Ask the Lord to speak to your heart. And maybe in the days to come, start practicing silence. On many occasions when you could speak, maybe you would just say, you know what, I think I'll be quiet because I know what God's Word says. The Holy Spirit prompts you, do it, in, do it in kindness, do it in love. Other than that, be silent. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.